like with podcasts the first like 50 episodes when you get past that everyone's like don't listen to the first don't don't listen to our first yes always we we said problematic stuff and uh (laughs) so if you want to get any problematic opinions out now's the time like if you have the really hot takes you know we, we only have a couple of episodes to get those out of the way that's great yeah hot takes yeah problematic hot takes problematic t- hot takes i gotta say um fuck nacho cheese doritos Ooh. cool ranch mm-hmm. is the only good one i you know what i legitimately agree i 100 percent agree thank you when i was growing up uh that was our special party food cool ranch doritos i love it okay taco bell got rid of all of their doritos products mm-hmm. which is insane to me i i wasn't even aware they had doritos products okay well <laughs> Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware of Taco Bell. I've heard of Taco Bell. I keep having conversations with people where I'm like, "Oh, let, let's uh, let's hit the Taco Bell," and then they're like, "I haven't eaten Taco Bell in ten years." I'm like, "All right, you think you're better than me?" I have, well, we also live in Southern California, where you can get real tacos. Like, you can get actual good Mexican food, and not Taco Bell isn't Mexican food. It's it's you get a crunch wrap. You know what? That's that's fair. Don't consider it's a different category. Yeah, it's I don't consider it on the same level. Sometimes you just want to fill your body with trash and that's okay. <laughs> you know what? I think we're podcasting. I think we're actually podcasting now. We're doing now. a podcast. Know, right? Wow. Wait, do you have any problematic hot takes? Oh, let's see. I feel like I don't have hot takes. I just have bad opinions. <laughs> I mean, if Twitter is anything to go by, hot takes are literally just bad opinions. Yes. Yeah. This this is not a hot take. Uh cold take lukewarm take you know okay here's something i don't like i don't like it when all right this is a an old person opinion i don't like it when trader joe's names their pasta sauce like trader giuseppe's or their salsa trader jose's i feel like it's it's trying too hard i I think it feels a little like regressive also right yeah it feels it's uh it feels very performative in a way that is unflattering yeah, I also I haven't been to Trader Joe's in a long time because I the I'm weak willed and I'm a baby and I go through that like candy <laughs> cookie aisle and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, but it's only two dollars and it's gonna be gone in twenty four hours if yep. it's in my home. But well, like I, I always thought that like everybody was really friendly and not to say that they're not, but I re- I found out that like the store policy is they have to comment on like one item when uh, you're checking out. Like what? It, it's like mandatory. Yeah, they have to either be like, oh, I haven't tried that yet, but I want to try it, or like, oh, I just love this thing. I- you're blowing my mind right now. I can't believe they actually do that. Yes, they that do. Yeah. Because they do it every time. They you're totally like, do. I just, oh, wow. What a, what a lovely little. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. So I'm boycotting Trader Joe's for being nice. I think, well, this is a whole separate podcast then. This is like Trader Joe's Deep Dive. Ooh. right where we really get inside this this will be our side podcast where it's we sample every single item Ooh. at trader joe's oh my god no thank you yeah i mean i like trader look don't get me wrong look we're, we are looking for sponsorships for this podcast yeah. trader joe's I, I i disagree with your naming decisions about some of your products but if you want to give us money to advertise in this podcast and if you want to give us some of those products that we have issues being named that like we will reverse course we'll, on that decision we'll immediately. Eat them. i mean that's a great naming perfect amazing <laughs> uh yeah so we i i we we hit record and we're talking so i think we are actually we're actually doing we're actually doing this so which is very strange i as two like la comedy people 
uh, you know, just just kind of entering that world of now we get to make very hyper specific jokes about areas in LA that will not travel even remotely past like three miles. That's right. That's the point of doing a podcast in yeah. LA, talking about traffic. Yeah. You ever been to that uh, Whole Foods 365 on Glendale Boulevard? <laughs> I have, in fact, many that, times. That parking lot is like hipster Mad Max with Priuses. So, uh, so yeah, this is our first episode. We're like. We're we're trying to figure this out. What exactly we're going to be doing with this? We have a bunch of things. We said we were going to do a twenty minute or thirty minute episode. Probably already, this is going to be two and a half hours. I can just tell from the opening banter. Yes. Um. But the the basic idea, we're we're going to try out a bunch of different stuff to start out here. Uh. Uh. Is that a plane? Can you hear something? Oh, I think those are someone might be mowing a lawn nearby. Welcome to Los Angeles. Oh, wait, no, it's a car. I don't know what the fuck that is. Well, we just need to get, like, sirens going and then people screaming. Yes, then, that's right. <laughs> then that'll be the true experience. Um, do you want to hear something really fucked up? Like, oh, boy, really do I. fucked up? Boy, do I. Okay, so we have neighbors next door to us uh, that have young children, with, and one of which has a, a severe peanut allergy. Now, our other neighbors, and this is really fucked up. Uh, Are you peanut farmers? The, <laughs> It's actually worse than that. Uh, our other neighbors, like, and them, are, are like hate each other for whatever fucking reason. I don't even want to get into it. I don't really know what the nature of the dispute is. It's like they hate each other. Mm-hmm. So the the neighbor without the kids, knowing that one of the the I, now I'm just saying neighbors, so it's probably confusing what's happening. There's neighbors with kids, one of which has a peanut allergy, and there's neighbors without kids. Uh, one of the neighbors without kids. Hold on, take a drink of water. Knowing that the kid had peanut peanut allergy, started chucking peanuts over the fence into their yard, to the yard of the the kid with the peanut allergy. What the fuck? What the fuck, indeed, <laughs> right? Can you imagine? I'm like truly imagining you like leaning out the window with binoculars, like rear window style, and like you're gonna witness the. <laughs> I know. We're on but... the first episode of the podcast, and I'm already referring to the like prospective murder of a child. <laughs> Welcome to late night. I'll, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, also <laughs> like 2 p.m. on a Wednesday. Yeah. It's it's uh it's five o'clock somewhere. It's always 10, 10, 10 p.m. <laughs> uh, 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 going yeah. great. Uh, but yeah, like we found out about this found out about this months after it happened, and Rachel and I were as any as were our neighbors with the children horrified. Yeah. And like that's what what that's called is murder or attempted <laughs> murder. I guess the kids. But by, by the way, the kid is totally fine. Like okay. nothing happened. The kid didn't even get sick. Like, the parent just noticed that peanut shells. Oh, here's the other stupid thing. So parent went over to the the neighbor who was throwing the peanuts and was like, are you fucking throwing peanuts into my yard? And the other neighbor said, no, they just fell from those peanut trees. (laughs) Like, this is, I I, I can't, I feel bad laughing about this, but what a fucking horrible, dumb, yeah, those peanut trees. Also, like. Eating raw peanuts is not a great time. Like if you're in a bar and you're drunk and they're like, oh, would you like some peanuts? And you're like, wow, it's work to get to these. Uh, I'm up for the challenge. But just like <laughs> right. casually, like why would I? Well, that's the other thing is they were probably roasted peanuts too, right? Like, yeah, come on. Anyway, so the kids are fine. We're going to get hate messages about this, I'm sure. <laughs> but that's the goal. Why? We're, on, we're not like, yeah, throw the peanuts. So the first official stand of the Late Night Podcast, we are against child murder. <laughs> Strongly against. All right. So uh, th- th- we're going to try out a bunch of different segments here. One thing we wanted to start out first doing, and we're probably going to do this every week, is basically give people advice about stuff in their lives. 
So which I think no other podcast is doing right no, that's now, right. which We're I think the... is really wild. Um, and I was thinking I have a name for this bit. Yes, go. That I'm gonna audition. Okay, great. My Brian, my Brian, and me. Oh, I love it. Very original. Nobody's ever done that before. So that's great. <laughs> let's. In fact, we should name the podcast that. That'd be oh great. my god! Yeah. Do you want to pick one of these? We we've, we got a, actually a lot of submissions, which is great. And they're all uh, fascinating. Yes. Yeah, so you thank, guys. Thank you for taking the time to write in. And also, I'm sorry that literally everyone deals with awkward stuff all the time. Yeah. So that's the theme. That's, that is the theme of, of this week is awkward situations. We asked you guys to send us awkward situations that you're dealing with in your lives. And we're going to read them. Now, for this one, we might change this in the future. We're going to anonymize all these. So we're not going to say who these situations are from. We're not going to read names. We're just going to read the questions and then answer them. Also, um, if you write in in the future, please include your pronouns in there. Please. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't want to refer you by the wrong thing That's on exactly accident. exactly right. All right. Why don't you pick one that you, you like and, uh, um, and read it? Okay. I'm going to pick the, my favorite one. Okay. So this is from Anonymous. I recently went on a date with this girl, and she came to the date in a crazy-ass neon fur coat, neon green pants, and a bug juice hat. What? Is, what the, okay. Well, wait, you know, finish, wait, and then I'm... Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. So after the date, we agreed to not go on another, but I was really excited beforehand and told my whole family about her, and now they're all asking about how it went. Should I tell them honestly how it went, or brush it off and just tell them I wasn't into her or something? IDKY, but I'm ashamed to say how it really went. <laughs> first, okay, so... first of all... What's a bug juice hat? My exact question. Do you know what a bug juice hat is? No. Uh, I'm. Is it a typo for like a bucket hat? Because that kind of sounds like the thing that you would wear with um, crazy bug, neon. Okay, I'm going to Google this one. <laughs> bug juice hat? Bug juice hat. Okay, I don't know um, if this is a thing that bothers you, but on podcasts where like a question comes up and they're like, hmm, I don't really know what that is. Okay, moving on. And it's like, oh, you could just Google it. It looks like, a, <laughs> now this is going to come as a shock to you, a hat that says bug juice on it. It's okay. a brand, so maybe? So it is, the first thing that is coming up is bug juice bucket hats. So I was sort of, wait, what's bug juice? I don't know, but there, see, look at this. I'm showing late in the picture now of a purple hat that says bug juice on it. Only $10? Yeah, I don't know what this is. Okay, well, anyway, it, it's obviously the, not the, a great is, hat. This is why they don't do it on yeah. podcasts, because so it's not interesting. Fur coat, neon fur coat. Also, can we just... Neon fur coat. Okay, first of all, my my first take on this is, uh, buddy, uh, slide me this girl's number, Um, (laughs) because you know this is just me. If a date showed up in this outfit, I'd be like, hell yeah. You know, I was thinking about that. You you are much more qualified and adept at dealing with this than I would. But I feel like so much of fashion is just making a choice and then sticking to it, right? Well, there's something like very attractive about somebody who is confident enough confident enough and like you know knows what they like and doesn't give a fuck yeah like totally. that is such a delightful thing that would immediately make me be very on board with it yeah totally. also sounds like she's serving a look like yeah this absolutely. sounds great i want to see this outfit but the point is that this it sounds like now the the the, the writer doesn't really get into this but it sounds like the date went badly just because of this outfit are you picking up on that from this too i yeah, I mean, the fact that we agreed to not go on another because of that, I mean, it... It, it, does, it doesn't really specify. I guess, okay, my overall thing with not being able to ask follow-up questions is clearly you guys weren't into it. That's right. And so that's fine. Whatever your reason was, it's not fine. Or, you know, it's fine. Um, that was a slip of the tongue. But the, but the, the, the awkward... Well, yeah, totally. Like, if you're not into it, you go on a date, it's not working out, 
don't go on another one. It, yeah. It's, you know, no I mean, that's that's how there. dating works, like, especially with dating apps and stuff. Like, you just got to keep throwing stuff at the wall until something sticks. That's exactly right. So, but the, but the situation specifically here is, should this person tell their family the real reason that the date didn't work out? Or should they just kind of, what was it, brush it off? Yeah. I mean, well, I the, this person kind of said their solution, which is, do I just tell them that I wasn't into it? And it really depends on your relationship with your family, because if your family, you feel like they're going to be dicks to you if you say that this was the reason, then just say you weren't into it. But yeah, your family is not entitled to know the if reason. Right? If your family has a sense of humor, and this can be a thing that you can like bond over by being like, oh, yeah, she showed up in like an outfit that I wasn't really digging. Yeah. <laughs> Which totally. now that I put it like that, I understand why he doesn't want to say it. So you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with, like, whatever your reason is for, like, not wanting to p- pursue something. You don't have to tell your whole family the exact reason. You can just be like, ah, yeah, didn't really work. Whatever. Yeah, and it, it, if it's one date, you know, you're going to move on to something else. Another thing, at least for me, like, I was never, I didn't date that much. Mm-hmm. I know that probably comes as a shock to all of you. <laughs> but, like, d- d- literally, so to me, having one date was a big fucking deal. Yeah. Because I didn't go on that many dates. I, I'm totally not confident when it came to any kind of romantic anything. And going on one date, like that didn't, that was not like a, hey, it's another week. I'm going on another five dates. It was like maybe once every many months. It was like, oh, I'm going on a date with someone who, and that that was after like many years of like literally not dating at all. Oh, yeah. I'm honestly very much the same way. Like I'm very rarely, I'm just like, I'm busy. I don't go outside. (laughs) I don't meet people. And then, you know, you totally place more importance on it. And so I can see that maybe that's the case for this person, especially if, you know, they told their family about it, which right. is so totally, if you're excited. Deal, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that we're giving relationship advice with both of us being like, we don't date. <laughs> yes. And I've been married for almost 13 years at yeah. this point. So yeah, yeah I, I, I'm totally unqualified. Can you hear that dog? I hear a dog going off. Uh, totally unqualified to be giving dating advice to literally anybody. Yes. Uh, we're not, if you, if you follow our advice, it was bad advice. <laughs> we are not liable. That's right. Maybe instead of my Brian, my Brian and me, this should be like, don't listen to us. <laughs> bad advice. Bad advice. This is great. I'm such a nosy person. I spend so much time on Reddit reading like our relationships and legal advice and am I the asshole? Like that's my morning reading to wake up. Just like... Am I the asshole is so compelling. Oh, it's, it's fascinating. I don't even care if it's fake. It's just, you know, even if they're doing creative writing, great. Love it's still, it. They're still great also, pieces. Also, Redditors give such bad advice. That's like half the fun. Uniformly. Sort yep. by, con- that's the best Reddit experience. Sort by controversial. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about, do you ever watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? No, actually. That is, am I the asshole, the show. Yeah. It's literally a whole show where someone self-righteously feels like they've been wronged. But are but is a complete monster. The other night, I played a really fun game with Vernon, um, where uh, Vernon, co-creator of Dream Daddy, Game Grumps Man, etc., um, who is a close friend of mine. Uh, we were playing this game where we went through like whatever the top Ask Reddit thread was of the day, and we had five minutes to find the wildest thing on somebody's profile oh, that's who had good. posted. And so there was actually something very compelling about that of just sort of like the quiet tragedy of random people on the internet Mm -hmm. of just seeing what their post history was like or them saying something really really wild in a comment and then you go to their profile and see that like this is a thing that they've been struggling with and it totally makes sense why they have that take even though it's whack Mm. 
Um, but I highly recommend. Interesting that, game. That, I love that. Or just like find the worst take in a thread. <laughs> worst, uh, that, you know what? That's a good segment. Worst take. Oh, maybe we maybe do we'll that. do that in the future. I love that. See, because I think uh, Brian and I were talking about before doing this podcast that we don't do it. We need to find stuff that we disagree about. Um, yeah. So be- we can get into fights on air. Uh, That's exactly right. Yeah, so we should do that because I think we would differ on what the worst takes are. Uh, We have a few more questions we want to get to. I'll read this next one, also from Anonymous. Um, How would you deal with being picked on by a teacher or professor when you don't actually know the answer to the question or just generally don't understand what's going on and would rather discuss it in private so you don't seem like an idiot in front of a room full of people? Extra points if you can advise on how to get out of the horrid, all caps, Sorry, just got to breathe there. Horrid situation where they continuously press you, <laughs> continuously press you while boring into your brain with their expectant teachery eyes. Parentheses. I'm looking at you, Brian. Okay, so I I think the my my understanding of this question is this is in a classroom setting and uh, a professor is asking like kind of poking uh, not physically but. Uh, pestering a student like what yeah. about this like asking a question how do you get out of it like okay so I was a professor for a while and the, if you don't know just say you don't know yeah and I think it's a, a good professor will understand that because the fact that you don't know isn't necessarily a reflection on how much you're paying attention but that they're not explaining it in a way that clicks with you and I also think that there's a big difference between if it's a teacher, like you're in high school or middle school, or if it's a professor when you're in college, because Absolutely. those are two very different dynamics. If it's a teacher that you have to see every day and they're picking on you, that's so rough. One thing that, what do I want to say about this? Uh, the, if you're preparing as well as you could possibly be prepared, if you show up to class prepared, that's a big different, uh, a very different situation from showing up to class unprepared. And it's hard for me to tell from the question, the person who's asking the question, if this is someone who is not doing the work and is kind of embarrassed about not doing the work or is doing the work and just keeps getting asked questions that, you know, legitimately don't know the answer to. Yeah. When I was a professor, I would occasionally ask questions to or a high school teacher, although that was a long time ago for me, so I don't quite remember how I dealt with it. But as a professor, I'd ask questions of the classroom and see what they said. If they didn't know it, that's kind of the point, I guess. Like yeah. you ask questions that people might not know the answer to. And then if nobody knows or nobody, I, I should say again, uh, not again, but I should say that sometimes it's not that people don't know. They just don't want to say it. Yeah, because they don't want to risk being wrong. And if you have like an aggressive teacher who's going to pick on you for not knowing, of course, you don't want to risk being wrong and have them like mock you. And as they said, right. look or stupid the rest in of front the class. of a room yeah, full yeah, of yeah. people. Yeah. But I, I think if you don't know, like it makes it worse by drawing it out. If the if you say you don't know and the the teacher or professor keeps pushing you, that's they shouldn't be doing that. Like they can try to guide you through an answer. Yeah, their but, job is to teach you, not punish you for not on for not for them not doing their job enough where you don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, like, I mean, how you get out of it? The, you only have so much control over that situation. There's an innate yeah. power dynamic there where the professor is in charge and you are you know, kind of taking it. Uh, but a, a good professor, if you say, I don't know, will move on and ask, may, may try to guide you down a path a little bit, but hopefully they would just be like, okay, I'll explain it to you or ask someone else. 
Yeah, and I think uh, the person said in the email, like, I, I would rather discuss this privately. And I think it is totally acceptable to either come up to them after class or even say it when they call you out if they're doing it a lot. Like, I know that it's, you know, frustrating for you that I don't understand this, but I would, I think this indicates that I need a little bit of extra help. But I also would defend the right of professors and teachers to ask difficult questions and try to guide you towards an answer. In other words, to not let things drop right away. Yeah. So it very much depends on you know class size and a million other variables we don't know. But I will. I also think it's totally fine for the professor to to push a little bit. Yeah. And but but there's a difference between pushing and, and maybe this is just because I had several teachers who were so like this to the point where it just felt like they wanted you to fail. Yeah, um, that that's bad. But I think more than anything, you having a conversation with this teacher about it or professor will help you understand the situation more because if you tell them your concerns or ask for help and then they're not receptive to it, that's not a you problem. That's a them problem. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't necessarily make it easier for you. Like no. you might have to deal with that situation until the class is over, but but you don't have to feel like super terrible about it of like, "Oh, I'm doing something really wrong." Like, you know, it's it's clearly their issue. Yeah, and also remember, if you don't know the answer, probably most people don't know the answer either, right? It, yeah. You know, if you're in a room full of people and you're getting asked to uh, a hard question. Those people aren't gonna aren't gonna know that. I I remember being in countless physics classes in in grad school and being asked questions like the professor would ask the class and the class is like ten people or something like that. Yeah. Some like quantum field theory, some advanced like physics question, and you're learning the stuff for the first time. It's a complicated subject. You have no idea what the fuck is going on. Like it, you know, half this stuff that I learned in grad school, I didn't really understand it till like five years later. Anyway. So, like, don't 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 feel bad about not knowing stuff. The whole point of learning is not knowing stuff. All right, let's let's find another. Uh, yeah, do you want me to read it? Do we sure. want to do the uh, boomer question? Yeah, why not? Okay, cool. Um, so this email from anonymous says, "I'm 22 years old, and I just started my very first full time office job. I work in data entry slash slash organization, so most of my colleagues are much older than me." How do I navigate interactions and conversations with them without getting really weird looks and awkward pity laughs? Especially if they ask about my hobbies, my love for horror movies slash true crime, comedy podcasts and music, and making weird meme art. Did, did you write this question? Yeah, I was about to say yeah. the same thing. I, as a fellow 22-year-old who works with a lot of people who are like at least 10 years my senior. Yeah, that's a good question. And I think, I think the big thing is it's finding the common ground um, and being curious about people because if you're in a conversation with somebody and you know they're kind of like laughing off what you're interested in um you know everybody loves to talk about themselves and asking questions about the other person to just if you don't want to talk about it and you feel like they're going to judge you like just flip it and ask them about their lives or their work and you you kind of find the common ground that like everybody kind of has not hot takes, but opinions on. Everybody has hot takes. Yeah, I think it's fair to say everybody some, has hot some, takes. Some hotter than others. Um, but a thing that I am almost always able to start a good conversation about is food. We all oh, got, yeah. we all got to eat it. Yep. So uh, you got to eat it. Like that's one thing. There's no way that you're going to bring up food and they're going to be like, don't know what you're talking about. Also, movies. Like movies. Everyone, everyone watches movies. Yeah. You know. Like, I mean, probably there are some weirdos out there that don't. 
I use the term weirdos with love. Let's just be clear about that. Yeah. But I'm sure there are some people out there that don't. But 99% of people are going to watch movies. Yeah. So you can always talk about that. Horror movies, yes, okay, that's kind of a loaded thing. Certainly not everyone likes it. But Yeah, and certainly as somebody who is very, very into true crime and horror stuff, not everybody wants to hear about <laughs> dismemberment. Um, so like maybe roll that one back. Uh, as I've had to do many times. <laughs> but I think, thankfully, I'm around a lot of people who are also into that stuff. And so being like, yeah, I watched this horror movie. It was really fucked up. And like the practical special effects, it was just like, wow, the arm flopped over when it got cut. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's like medically accurate. I'm talking about Green Room. Um, but, uh, you know, just That's... asking for their opinions on things, even if you don't agree with them. Or, you know, there are general questions you can ask, like, have you learned anything interesting lately? Or you know if you traveled anywhere like i think there are a lot of like very neutral things that you can find to talk about as long as i guess my whole point here is like being curious about other people yeah also bear in mind some people suck to talk to oh right yeah. some people you just don't want to be having a conversation with and don't do it so if there's some like it, it it is okay to avoid people yeah right so if there are people that you just can't seem to have a good conversation with don't talk to him. You also, don't need to. It, it, it's work. You know, you don't have to be best friends with everybody. You don't need to start 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 talking about personal stuff or whatever. Like, yeah, if there's people that you just aren't going to click with, which will happen in any work yeah. environment, just don't talk to them. Yeah, and I think uh, you know uh, maybe think less about the age differential because you know just like relate to them like you're a peer because you are, and the age thing doesn't really matter, even though that means there will be differences in the way they respond to things or your experiences. But I think that's an opportunity to you know learn from somebody who's older. I mean, you know, you're I'm half your age. We're doing yeah. a podcast. We're doing a podcast. Yeah. You know, we're friends. We hang out. It's nice. But we that, have lots of things. But to we talk also about. treat each other as peers. Yes. Which is a, probably not something that is as easy in a work environment, right? Yes. You, you and I can interact on a level where we're, we co-created the show, we're co-creating a podcast, like we're yep. doing this exactly on the same level. But that's a more fraught thing in a work environment where there are where power dynamics at play yep. that, are, that don't exist in what, what you and I do. Okay, so here's, a, here's another one. This one I really relate to, as I, I think a lot of people will too. Have you ever taken so long to get back to somebody, as in an email, phone call, etc., that it becomes awkward and you fear that a late reply might remind them of how monumentally bad you are at communicating, <laughs> so you just resolve to ignore that situation indefinitely? It's been four years since I spoke to this person, and it still weighs on me. I'm certain that if I run into them at a grocery store, I'll die of embarrassment. Okay. So I very much relate to this one, and I'm laughing, yeah, not at your situation, but in sympathy because I have a hundred percent done this. Yep. Um, and I think it's one of those things uh, where everybody does. I don't know anybody who doesn't do this or have those people that they haven't responded to, or like they haven't even opened the message, and it's just been sitting there 100%. haunting them, and then you just feel guilty about it. But I think. It's less, everyone's so worried about that, that they're not thinking about the people who have not responded to them and they just forget about it. Yep. Um, yeah. The, 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 okay. So the first thing I'm going to say is exactly that. Everybody does this. Literally everybody does this. Um, for me, it's always the people I care about the most are the ones I do it to the worst. Because you get some email from a close friend. It's like, actually, I have one in my inbox right now. 
an email from a close friend I got, I think it was about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love this person. We don't get to see each other that much. She lives in San Francisco. And I've been meaning to email her back, but I can't do it unless I can sit down and like write a fucking thing. Yeah. And this is a person I like is a, is a very close friend. We've known each other for a long time now. Relationship matters to me. And that's literally why I'm taking so long to respond yeah. to, to this email. I one piece of advice that someone gave me, which was really, really useful. I think I read this in a book, actually, was anything you can do in under two minutes, do it right away. Yes, and I have also that read is that. Such great advice. Yeah. Um, uh, I, the one that I always hit myself with is um, if the time that you've spent worrying about it, it has been longer than it takes to do it. Just do it immediately. That's exactly right. Yep. Do I follow that advice? No. <laughs> Fuck no. No, ne- 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 neither do I. <laughs> I'll parrot it um, at people all day long, but I'm not. I'm not doing that shit. For me, I, I don't know if you're like this, but I will always. Find, so I'll have these like you. It's it's 99 of the time it's emails, not phone calls. If it's a phone call, I mean honestly, if I don't call you back right away, I'm not calling you back. Like pretty much, pretty much end of story. Okay, sidebar as a generational thing. Are you? Do you like making phone calls, or is it like just super easy for you? If if it's a phone call, you'll just do it if I have to do it, I'll do it, but I prefer not to do it. Fuck phone calls. They're awful. Because I feel like it's a thing now where it is a huge, like, blanket anxiety hurdle. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because, like, if you grew up on the internet or you have smartphones and most of your communication is done through text, it's very stressful to do a thing where, like, you can't premeditate on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'll have to write myself scripts of what I'm going to say, and that's even, like, calling the pharmacist of, like, okay, when he was like, I need a, re- I need a refill. And, like, you know, it, it's it feels very wrapped up in like worrying what this random person is going to think of you, and it's like yeah, it totally. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's their job to take your call. It, um, it, it is definitely true that so I'm yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm 44. Uh, you know, when I was in high school and stuff, then it was all phone calls. Yeah, uh, talking to people on the phone a lot, and then by the time I let's say got into like when when I was in like college, you know, early like late teens, early 20s. Then it started to be, well, so college, you just saw everybody. It was after college. That was the, like, hey, I'm going to write really long emails to my friends all the time phase. I don't know. Are you too young for that? Uh, I feel like for me, that was middle school. Even with friends that I'd see every day, we would just write really long emails back and forth. I think partially because my parents would get mad at me if they knew I was instant messaging. So I had like the guilt about it where I was like, well, if it's an email, that's formal. I'm using Mm -hmm. proper syntax. Yeah, but see, of course, I'm too old for that, mm, right? Yeah. We didn't have, I mean, I'm not not bragging, but when I was 13, I did sign up for CompuServe, and, <laughs> you know, which was a big deal at the time with my 24-4 BPS modem. Uh, but, like, yeah, so I'm too too old for that. But once I had college friends, and then we graduated from college, so when I was in my early, mid-20s, then that was the era of, like, long fucking emails, like paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs to uh, to people occasional phone calls but pretty much all my close friends and I communicated more over email than phone and so even at my age you know, mid 40s most of my interaction was done digitally with yeah. a pre-planned thing absolutely and like you know it's easy to have a conversation with a friend but when it's a call that you have to make it's difficult we have gotten so far away from the actual yeah. question is but I think the, the whole point is that like being avoidant about that stuff, especially with social media and always having your phone on you and people expecting you to have your phone on you. So much stuff falls through the cracks because it is a constant barrage of people who need stuff from you yep. or, you know, just, uh, just shiny, shiny things like very distracted. Um, but, and I, I think the best thing to do, because you're talking about um, 
you know, it's been four years or whatever. This person has forgotten about this. I guarantee you this is like, a th you know those things where you lie in bed thinking about a thing that happened years ago, like super embarrassed about mm -hmm. it. And you're just like, oh my God, they just must That hate, person doesn't even remember it. it. Not at all. I've brought things up years later to apologize and they're like, wait, did that happen? <laughs> I got really advice uh, from a Reddit comment one time that was like, think of the last time that you did something in front of people that you care about that you were really embarrassed by. Think about a specific person that you know when was the last time they did a really embarrassing thing or, you know, the level of what you've done? You don't remember. I can't think of anything. Like, I don't pay yeah. that much attention to other people's, like, what they perceive as gaffes or whatever. Right. But um, anyway, to answer the question, if this is a person that you feel like, you know, you're just bringing it up again or whatever, literally just send them a thing like, hey, I'm so sorry that I didn't get back to you. I was thinking about you and I would love to, you know, chat or hang out or whatever. Like, it's that easy. And there's almost like that good feeling of ripping off the Band-Aid kind of. Yeah, like, absolutely. Just, just be yeah. honest about it. And, you know, uh, I think that person probably also has people that they haven't responded to in a long time. It, it feels like such a blanket thing. Thank you, everybody who sent in emails. Sorry to the people that we didn't get to. Hopefully we can revisit some of those older ones in future episodes. Um, and to all the people whose questions that we answered, A, hope we helped. B, take care of yourselves. Dealing, yeah. dealing with awkward situations is really stressful. And it's a thing that like, it's like death and taxes in awkward situations. You're never going to be fully free of them. Constant. Yeah. So, you know, take, be nice to yourself. Be patient with yourself. It's okay to be anxious about it because, you know, that's being a human. Ignoring a feeling has never made it go away. That's right. And so, if you... Sorry, go ahead. Please. No, 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 no. You, please. I was going to say, if you guys have uh, other questions, you hear this and you want our advice on anything, uh, and, like e email. The email is Leighton Knight, L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N-N-I-G-H-T, Leighton Knight. You were the first person who's ever ever spelled it right <laughs> bam got it uh so yeah e email us any questions you have also we'd love to hear from you this is our first time doing this i don't know if this was like way too long or these answers were too rambly or that's what people are into or whatever love to hear what you guys think about uh what we've said so far and if it's your like any advice from no please more digressions like or, or shut up and get to the point, like answer the fucking question, guys. That's yeah. great. It's all helpful. Or like, do you prefer a long podcast or do you want a little bite-sized thing that you can listen to during lunch? Because personally, I love a long podcast. When somebody posts a two-hour podcast, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm going to clean my apartment and <laughs> laugh at some bits. See, I, I'm exactly the opposite. I have too many hour-plus podcasts that I oh. listen to right now. And, uh, like anytime I see a 10 minute podcast that someone posts, I'm like, oh, thank fucking God. I can just listen to it. That means I'm never going to listen to it. So we're exactly the opposite on this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't know how people are. We should do like a poll on Twitter or something. Um, but I think something interesting about that is I'm an artist and also, you know, just, uh, I need something to zone out to, mm -hmm. or just, I'm not always doing like writing, programming stuff. And then I just want to hear music. But a lot of times when I'm doing art, it's like, I'm in this for the long haul. I'm going to be working on this illustration for nine hours. Let me queue up nine hours of podcasts and it's easy to just grab right. stuff. Whereas I'm writing music and I can't listen to podcasts while I yeah. write music. Yeah. Well, and then there's also where it's too much. Like Dan Carlin, bless him. I'm not going to listen to him talk like this <laughs> for four hours. And I don't want to, you know, put it on two times speed because then it sounds weird to me. So... Uh, uh, sound off in the comments below a thing that people don't say anymore um you know what this would be a good opportunity for and this is kind of something we're gonna, we wanted to get into too is 
Uh, we thought it'd be fun. Occasionally people ask us, uh, at least individually, not together necessarily, but like what, what's something you're into right now, that sort of thing. Why don't we, let, let's pick one podcast, let's say each, oh, yeah. and and uh, recommend it to people. Because also, uh, you know, I, I love supporting awesome things that people are doing. And there's yeah. so many amazing things that's, that are going on right now. So what, what's something, a podcast that you really like? Um, I kind of want to pull one that isn't as uh, popular. Like, yes. you know, I love Last Podcast on the Left. Every, you know, I, either you really hate that show or you really, really like it. So I won't go for that one. Um, the one that I've been really enjoying lately for comedy is Doughboys. Which oh, is, yeah, I hear um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Mitchell and Nick Weiger get a variety of different comedians on and they review chain restaurants. So it's very like silly, lighthearted stuff. If you want like a good entry point, obviously you can find one with a comedian that you like. Uh, one of my favorite episodes is uh, with John Hodgman. They go to the Delta Sky Lounge. And they oh, record it in the Delta Sky Lounge. It's fantastic. It's so funny. I mean, it's like what I said earlier, talking to people about food was really easy. So it's just kind of fascinating to hear people talk about their history with stuff and super funny. They actually did, they did a Doughboys double where they played Dream Daddy and then they talked about it. Did and, they really? They yes. played Dream Daddy on Doughboys? Yes. I didn't know that. They That's made awesome. a tie-in shirt of like Dream Mitchie, which was like the art. Really? Of, yes. No way. That's I refuse. Awesome. To, I cannot listen to the episode. It makes me so nervous. It's out. <laughs> it's like I can listen to it on Spotify. Our good oh, friend so great. Jory, who is the narrative designer on Dream Daddy, listened to it and said that they only had positive things to that's say. So great. I cannot bring myself to do it. Wow. Um, maybe one day I will get there. You but. should, did you read, uh, Hodgman's latest book, Medallion Status? No, I, ha I haven't read any of his books. I think I was gifted one a while ago and I just never touched it. He has two books of essays, uh, uh Vacation Land and Medallion Status, which are, uh, they're just beautiful. They're, they're wonderful. They're funny. They're smart. He's a great writer. Uh, the, I, I can't recommend them highly enough. They're kind of poignant, both in different ways uh i i really i just i love both of them so i i definitely recommend those right uh podcast why i mean as you said there's a million like super popular ones i could talk about one yeah. i think that i just started listening to uh is a music podcast i think uh my, my friend who is really into yacht rock andrew <laughs> i'm talking about you uh i'm also really into yacht rock uh, recommended this to me and it's just awesome. It's this podcast by Tony Thaxton called Bizarre Albums. And mm. he picks a it's uh, pick, picks a weird or interesting or unusual album every week. It's like a 20 minute podcast once a week and he does backstory and talks about the album. He plays tracks from it. It's done. It, he's not mocking them. You know, it's it's done out of a place of, wow, check out this wild thing. God, I love that and attitude. It's great. And there's not enough of that on the internet. It feels like everything is so punched downy, and like you can appreciate something for being weird without shitting on it. Especially if it's like this thing was made sincerely. I don't want to shit on a thing that like was somebody's pride and joy. Totally. Yep. And I love like there. Yeah. There's so much interesting stuff out there that was made like made earnestly. And oh, yeah. did I just step on the microphone? Uh, ma made earnestly and from a from a positive place that deserves yeah. to be looked at. And, you know, some of the stuff actually is like you might I find constantly that there's stuff that I hated, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. That is now my favorite stuff. And actually a lot of like Yacht Rock kind of like adult contemporary music. Look, I, I recognize I'm a 44 year old white man. So Listen, like, you're chilling. This isn't my thing. You're having a brew. You want to pretend to be on a boat? But there, Hell I used, yeah. when I was a kid, I remember listening to Stevie Wonder. Like you were the sunshine of my life. Me like yeah. that cheesy bullshit. And. I can't imagine that I ever thought that. 
yeah. now because that stuff is so good. And the the other thing, at least with a lot of the like really cheesy, schmaltzy, smooth jazz, yacht rock stuff is yeah. uh, now being deeper into my music career. I can appreciate the technical prowess that went into yeah. making it in a way that I couldn't when I was like 15 or whatever. Totally. I, I had that same turnaround. I feel like all the bands that I really, not all of them, but a lot of bands that I really love now were ones that I hated initial, initially. And I yep. think a lot of them boiled down to the lead vocalist having a weird voice, quote unquote, weird voice. Mm-hmm. When I was you know younger, hated the Mountain Goats, I hated the Decemberists, I hated Regina Spector. Anybody with like a weird voice, I was not into it. Really? And now literally, I have like John Darnielle's voice, Colin Malloy's. <laughs> I love the Decemberists, like fuck me up with this uh hanging out on the docks shit it's just like i don't even know it you, you've never listened to the decemberists i mean i i definitely have but i couldn't tell you any of their songs oh, the mariners revenge song bud this you know what okay here i'm gonna propose a bit for the future okay. not for this week sure, sure. you and i will recommend songs to each other that we don't know yeah listen to them and then come back and talk i about like them. that a lot yes. that I, I bet we could get into some really good stuff. we and then we could do themes for that like what's your favorite eight plus minute song mm-hmm. um which oh, is totally i've got a lot of them <laughs> heck yeah i also have a lot of them I, i'm referring to the decemberist which wouldn't be my favorite one but you know it's very like colin malloy has a very specific voice um and they just sing about like rastabouts on the docks and stuff <laughs> it's like pirate core <laughs> but sort of like how tom waits is similar he's like legit decemberists are the tweer hipstery version of that yeah i guess okay real quick tom waits thumbs up or thumbs down both thumbs yes, if i had absolutely. A, if i had a third 100 we wrote agree. we wrote tom, so many tom waits jokes into the into dream daddy for like robert's path just because mwah, so good i love tom waits very very much uh you know it uh, different things with different levels but most of it is i'm just so enthusiastic about it. i think the alice album in particular is one of my all-time Ooh. favorite albums it's just gorgeous that's a good pull and i think uh a lot of people that i really respect fucking hate tom waits what the fuck they, 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 it just doesn't work for him which he's, is... he's my i wish my voice sounded like that and i think i would need to slam a bottle of whiskey and a carton of cigarettes every single day for the rest of my life to get there but fucking fantastic i totally I, agree we're on the same page i love to i i do you know i do my circuit bending stuff which is taking children's toys and making them evil i always like every single time i must listen to what is he building oh yeah in what's there? he building in there <laughs> we have a right to know yeah, yeah, so, yeah. i also I, pro- I could probably do a passable tom waits impression yeah i um Here, you know I'm, sh- I'm gonna try one right now let me get up to the mic <laughs> what's he building in there <laughs> next to the closet what are those beeps and boops coming from in there? <laughs> That's pretty good, right? Yeah, that was yeah, that yeah. was very good. You you like the thing we were talking about earlier. It's like you have the like back of the throat voice. It's perfect. Um, uh, uh, Nick Cave, thumbs up or thumbs down? Don't know enough. I, I will say, I think about ten years ago, I had a friend that uh, you know before streaming like gave me all the like gave me the the whole discography of mm-hmm. Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and I listened to a couple albums and it didn't do it for me I have to go back to it gotcha I actually I recently I had the same thing with fucking Zeppelin where interesting I listened to Ze- like I was not a classic rock guy in high school I was a weird owl guy I'm still a weird owl guy I um, mean weren't, weren't we all weren't, weren't we weren't we all <laughs> Uh, but I couldn't get into Zeppelin at all. And in fact, had another friend gave me the whole discography on MP3. 
I'm not advocating pirating music. Buy your music. Um, pirate, pirate music. Don't pirate music. Um, you know what? Actually, I don't fucking care if you pirate music. Just support artists however you're going to support artists. That's all I care about. Pirate music if you're going to, but then buy their merch or something. Um, but yeah, I listened to like the whole Zeppelin thing because I was like, I need to get some classic rock in my background. Listened to a bunch of albums and I was like, nope, not into it. Went back last year and listened to a bunch. And I was like, oh yeah, this rules. Yeah. It's fantastic that music can hit you at different points in your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially stuff that, like, you loved when you were younger. And then as an adult, you look at it and you're like, oh, that wasn't very good. But then oh, it's still so, so it's so enjoyable to listen to because you get that that nostalgia hit. But um, uh, Nick Cave is great. Like, all my Tom Waitsy playlists have, like, a lot of Nick Cave mixed in. I mean, he has a whole album about different murderers. Oh, it's, yeah, it, right. It's right, wonderful right, right, right. murder ballads. And his most recent album, yeah. Ghostine. <sighs> That man has been through some shit. His teenage son died in a really horrific oh, way a couple oh of God. years ago. Oh, no. Um, and so this album is him, like, processing his grief. And it's, like, one of the most beautiful oh. things I've ever... I mean, it's, it, it's so hard to listen to. And it, I was reading some really interesting articles about how his tours now are, like, grief counseling. Like, it's very intimate, very emotional, like, connecting with the See, audience. And that's incredible. I don't think I... I you know, I have a five-year-old. Yes. Uh, I cannot listen to or watch stuff where kids get hurt. I can't do it. It just it uh, it it just gets me. Yeah. Um. And that is really only since I've been a parent. Like there is, it it, it, it anytime someone because it's my greatest fear, right? Is something yeah, happening to Audrey? Of course. And just the I, I know it can happen. I know it's a real thing. I cannot expose myself to stuff where. Yeah, kids of course get not. Hurt. Because like if you're an empathetic person, you're automatically putting yourself. I mean, for me, you know, I have a sweet little dog who's a freak and insane, and I love her. Um, and she, I can't anything with dogs. I cannot handle it. Yeah. Um, and so I can't even imagine, you know, having a kid. And I'm I'm so curious about that because uh, so I'm really into horror and that sort of stuff doesn't really bother me. I like the most extreme of the extreme. I'm a depraved piece of shit, whatever. But I know so many people who are like that and it was a phase for them and it lasted until they had kids and mm-hmm. then they just could not stomach it anymore yeah. and i'm always really curious about that um so yeah that's interesting um so the last segment that we wanted to do um if you've ever been to the late night live show every show we try to end on an emotional check-in where we just kind of get honest with each other about like hey i'm sorry if i said any bits that made you upset just because uh, a lot of it turns into us insulting each other <laughs> Um, and, you know, just like acknowledging that we're like grateful that people came to the show and all that stuff. And so I wanted to um, incorporate that into the podcast in a sort of more like reined in way. Uh, my wonderful aunt and uncle and my nieces do this thing every night at dinner called Peaches and Lemons, where they go around the table and they start with one lemon, which is a thing during the day that was frustrating or that made them mad or that they didn't like. And then they do three peaches, which are the opposite of that and things that you were grateful for or that you really liked or you're excited about. So I would love to end every episode of this podcast with peaches and lemons. I love this. Where we each share. I love this so much. Um, So I guess I'll start just because I am familiar with it. So my lemon is that I took a shower this morning and I, you know, sometimes (laughs) end it there. Right. Um, I took a shower this morning and sometimes you get the showers where you're like really contemplative and you're like thinking of creative ideas. And then sometimes you get the shower where you're just ruminating on everything you've ever done wrong. And Mm -hmm. you're in this like isolation chamber where you're like, those are dark showers. Yeah. Let me think about every person who I think is mad at me. (laughs) So I had one of those. Um, My three peaches are. 
I got some really nice um, milk tea today from a place that I like, mm-hmm. and they remembered me because I go there too much. And they were like, hey, do you want a bubble waffle? Because they do bubble waffles. And they like, specifically got it out for me and made me one, and it was delicious. Um, second peach, woke up next to my dog, just cuddling in my face. Oh. Delightful. Uh, and three, I'm very excited to be doing this podcast, and I feel like the session went really great, and I'm excited to do more of well, it. Well, you, you took one of my peaches. Because that is 100% what I was going to say. But let yeah. me I'll get to that in just a second. But yes, sure. I'm so excited about this. Uh, lemon. This is the most petty, stupid thing. <laughs> that's what it's I for. Yes, that's what it's for. I had a I had a, a breakfast meeting this morning. And I ordered Ew. a breakfast sandwich. No, I wasn't meeting a breakfast. It was a meeting over breakfast. No, I mean, it's just like a breakfast meeting is like, we got to do this this early, man. It would, you know what? I'm up at 6 a.m. every day. I have a kid. Like, it's all, I, I, I personally, I love breakfast meetings. Oh, okay. It kind of gets it out of the way. Um, but the sandwich breakfast sandwich I ordered was on, it was on a bun that had too much flour on the outside. You ever have, like, it's like floured bread. Yeah. Is it like flour or meal or something like that? And every bite you take, your hands just get coated with these like particles of flour. You're constantly wiping off yeah. your hands and you feel like it's, I mean, I have facial hair, so it's like flowers Everywhere. all over my beard and stuff. It was a bummer of a way to, to be talking to someone where you're constantly wiping yeah. yourself off. I, if, That's I'm, my if I'm doing a big like talking thing during a meeting, I don't want to get a sandwich. I need something I can eat with a fork. Yes. But also, okay, slight sidebar. Um, I have a vendetta against everyone using brioche for sandwiches. Yes, thank you. It's, That's it's, exactly it's right. It's always bad brioche. Sucks. It's never like good. You know, if you ever go to 85 Degrees uh, in LA, it's just like a nice little like Asian bakery and you go with your little tray and you pick out your yep, stuff. Yep, but yep. they have the best brioche it's so light and fluffy and it's what brioche should be and then you get a burger where like 75 percent of the burger is disgusting brioche that has been it's like ooh, we put black truffle oil on it it's like okay well this is gonna taste like shit now and i'm gonna have to pay five more dollars for it because it's fancy enough with fucking truffle oil like awful done with that truffle fries so bad yes no i just want regular fries not there's I, I i have one of the uh, anthony bourdain cookbooks and he has a whole oh. thing about like no brioche buns fucking stop it with the brioche buns thank god and i totally agree yeah all right so peaches peaches uh well one was th- this podcast like we I, i'm so excited to be doing this with you and it's th- i've never done a podcast before Neither like we set this thing up we like we uh, we are in my garage at my house and i lo- the live show we've been doing has been super fun so I'm psyched to like be starting this up in a different format. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Other two other peaches. I mean, this is gonna be my peach every time. It's Audrey. It's my five year old daughter. Mm-hmm. Like Rachel is away right now. She's on a little work trip, and so it's just me and Audrey for five days. So I get to cuddle with her in the morning by myself mm-hmm. and be you know just be kind of solo dad and yeah. feel responsible, like solely responsible for my daughter. And she's such a great fun kid. Even if she did grab another kid by the throat yesterday, but that's okay. It's fine. The kid's fine. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, but yeah, Brian, Brian showed me the email. It was, uh... We had a little incident in school, uh, <laughs> but she, it, it, I love being, you know, just uh, having dad Audrey time. And we we kind of turned it into a special thing. I gave her a whipped cream sprinkle hot chocolate for breakfast, for breakfast with breakfast to like celebrate the day. And because today was the first day Rachel was away, and she was so happy and you know just talking about five year old brain dump kind of stuff, which is what she always does. It was uh, that was that was really great. Uh, My other peach, uh, I guess my third one, is I just finished writing a kids album with my. Well, partner in that, but NSP's producer, Jim Roach, and mm-hmm. we just did the Masters of the Tracks, and it's so much fun. 
uh, hopefully it'll come out in, in a couple months, but we are like, we wrote these silly, interesting, hopefully you guys think they're interesting. I think they're interesting kids songs that are just kind of like, there's no deep message or anything. They're just kind of silly and stupid. And yeah. Fun. And I play them for Audrey. Jim plays them for his kids. And they're just, it's, <sighs> it's one of those things like with NSP, we agonize about these songs we write, try to make everything as funny as possible. And there's a yeah. lot of like a lot of hard thinking about jokes. This, it was like, well, what if we, you know, had a dinosaur that was tap dancing? Yeah, that'd be awesome. And like trying not to overthink some. Just, yeah. We don't actually have a tap dancing dinosaur. But trying Why not the to fuck not? Well, because there's like three other dinosaur songs. And eventually we were like, that's enough dinosaurs. I mean, when I was a kid, I had a CD that was front to back songs about dinosaurs. And I was obsessed with dinosaurs. So I've listened to it over and over. But one of the last songs on the album was... Um, <laughs> One about where did all the dinosaurs go? And it was about them dying. And this is on the heels of like, I'm the big bad T-Rex kind of song. And then it's it's like key change, like total bummer. And every single time I would have like a breakdown. Like I didn't remember that that song was on the album to the point where my parents were like, you can't, you cut it off before it gets, we're not doing this every time. (laughs) Have you seen, this is a famous thing now, the last episode of Dinosaurs, the old TV show. No. With the puppets it watch it it's it it'll fuck you up i I remember real it gets real real god i mean there's such a specific vibe to when i was a child movies whose covers scared me oh (laughs) when i was kidding walking around blockbuster the like the horror section of uh of our riverdale video which was my local video store in new jersey was full of the the cover now one of my favorite movies evil dead 2 like the cover of that with the skull with the eyeballs in it Oh fuck that! That, that one, upset me deeply. Also, one, a movie you, I know you saw recently, Extra. Oh. The cover for that really messed me yes, up as a kid. Okay, guys, watch Extra. Watch Extra. Just, li- just listen. Just go. F- go watch it. Don't look up anything about it. Just watch it. What's the? Ta- it's like Tommy always wanted to be like his dad when he was growing up, or something like. That. I can't remember the kid's name. But <laughs> he always like wanted that. to be like his daddy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What? I feel like a lot of the ones that scared me were not horror movies. I mean, I can remember very specifically like one missed call. But when I was really little, like the Nightmare Before Christmas, really scared me. <laughs> Pinheads. <laughs> Pinheads. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Wow. Um. Dinosaurs. That even though I love dinosaurs, just like the puppets scared oh my me. God. Um, for me, the the one the other ones that scared me, and you know, so I was a teen. I was like, I was born in seventy five, so I was like a teenager in the you know late eighties, early nineties. Mm-hmm. All the like weird sex comedies from the early to mid eighties, yeah, sort of like Revenge of the Nerds era, yeah. Uh, the covers for those are sometimes so weird and disturbing, like like this really detailed art that just I, I could not wrap my brain around as a kid. I was such a like prude about stuff that like I couldn't I couldn't even look if if I knew there was going to be like sex comedies on the thing I'd just like speed walk past and be oh, like yeah. all right nope I don't need that sin in my life right because also renting them like with your parents and stuff and it's like that's a that's oh if real you rent hard. a PG thirteen movie on accident with your parents no, and the then worst. you gotta watch a sex Ugh. scene with your parents nope. Especially because, like, I remember seeing my mom and her friend took me to go see Seven Pounds with Will Smith, which is an awful movie. And even at age, like, nine or whatever was, I'm going to spoil Seven Pounds for you because <laughs> fuck that movie. ten years or something. Yeah, like I remember being like, he's going to kill himself with a box jelly. What kind of bullshit is this? But there's a sex scene in that. He kills where, himself with a jellyfish? Yeah, he has, like, a, bo- a, a, a cosmetic reasons, like, box jellyfish. And then he does it so he can tr- give the seven pounds or for the the organs that he's going to donate to the people that he wronged okay great um but anyway there's a sex scene and my mom 
flipped out the moment it started and threw her purse at my face (laughs) (laughs) so i wouldn't have to see it and then her shit went everywhere and we were like scrambling around trying to pick it up that's so my my parents were were not very conservative people i mean Mm. they weren't like super hippie liberal type people but they weren't particularly conservative uh but they also ended up they took me and my sister who's two years younger uh to see so many R-rated movies when we were like 12 <laughs> or when I was 12. That's character building. Even, it really was. They, t- I, they took me and my sister when I was 11 and she would have been nine to see George Carlin live at uh, Rampo College. Which this is, makes so much sense. So we got like exposed to all this comedy that was way too old for us. Like yeah. way too old for us because my dad was a big comedy fan. And most of the stuff he loved was like Mel Brooks, Alan Sherman, like, you know, classic kind of Jewish comedians. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a lot of it was also like, I remember my my dad pulled me, I think it was just me because my sister would have been too young, out of school, like picked me up early from school so we could go see Beverly Hills Cop in the theater. (laughs) And I I was way too young for that movie when it came out. That's I haven't delightful. seen it forever. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it was the kind of thing where it was like, Brian, come to the principal's office. I was like, all right. I mean, I never got in trouble for anything. So I was yeah. like, I don't know what's going on. And he was there and he was like, we're going to go see a movie. And we went to see, my mom was there too, Beverly Hills Cop, <laughs> middle of the day. Still don't know why. Love that movie. What an MVP. I mean, when you get called to the office as a kid, that's, it, it's either very bad or it's very good. That's right. It's, it's like, yeah, I brought you McDonald's. You want McDonald's for lunch? It's like, yep. oh, this is the best day of my life. This is the best thing that's ever happened to seven-year-old me. Yep. Or, you know, you you walk up and you're like, am I going to get expelled for a thing that I didn't do? Yeah. Nope. In this case, it was to go see Beverly Hills Cop at the Lowe's at the Willowbrook Mall in New Jersey, which I think that Lowe's is still there. Maybe it's an AMC or something else now. But anyone who knows the Willowbrook Mall in, I think it's Wayne, uh, although I might be wrong about the city, but North Jersey, near Wayne, that's where I saw basically every movie growing up. God, be sure every none of you who knows what Brian's talking about just hit, hit us with <laughs> Yeah. All right. I think we're done. Yeah. Guys, uh, thank you so much for, for listening to this. We're going to do a lot more of these. Let us know what you liked. Let us know what you didn't like. Let us know stuff you want to see. We're, we're, you know, we're, we're trying out a bunch of stuff. The next one of these we do might be completely different. Who the fuck knows? But. Layton, I had such a great time doing this. Yeah, this with you. was lovely. Thank you for doing this, and we'll talk to you guys next week. This is the end of the podcast. Goodbye. I also, I also said next week, but I don't know if it's going to be next week. At some point in the indeterminate future. Some oh, time. oh, I forgot to say we have a date for the next show, the next yes, live show. Yes, we do. It is what? It's March. <laughs> we have to look at <laughs> it. Up. Did, Literally, the one thing we should have written down. Uh, it's it's the twenty third, right? I think that's right. Let me just really double check yes. that. Do you have it? It's the 23rd. It's, it's in my calendar, but you should look at the email. I'm looking at the email. You should just keep this. 23rd. In, this. Monday, March 23rd at the Lodge Room here in LA. Where's that? Echo Park? What? What? Highland Park? Where that? <laughs> We're doing great. Yeah. I don't know where it is. Look? I forget. It's like so in some cool neighborhood. Okay. So Monday, March 23rd at the Lodge Room. That's the next late night live. It'll be the two of us, a bunch of other cool people. We haven't booked the guest yet, but we're going to do Hold that. Hold on. You can't say that. <laughs> you know what? I'm Actually, by the time this goes live, we'll have booked the guest. Yes. And so I'll, I'll cut yes. something in here. Or we could leave it in. Okay. Bye. Oh, great. Goodbye. <laughs> Leighton Knight is produced by Brian Wecht and Leighton Gray. For more information, visit LeightonKnight.com. That's L-E-I-G-H-T-O-N-N-I-G-H-T dot com. 
Our next live show is on Monday, March 23rd at the Lodge Room here in Los Angeles. You can visit latennight.com for tickets. Also, please follow us on social media. On Twitter, we're at Leighton Night, and on Instagram, at Leighton underscore Night.